0: Well, have you have. You're "We would be honored if he would join
1: us. What's up far far away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archive. So how's everyone doing today? I hope all is well on your side of the galaxy. Nothing new out here on the Outer Rim. Still sick, been sick for like two weeks and it sucks. Being sick with MS is probably the worst thing ever cause you can't take no good medicines or anything. So what do we got for news today? Star Wars reveals the first look at young Yaddle. And there are big plans for Yaddle in phase two of the new era of the franchise. Both Yoda and Grogu have taken up the top spots for a bunch of fans, but now there will be another small green force user to focus on. The High Republic actually occurs more than a hundred years before the Star Wars prequels miss Yaddo is the same species as jedi master yoda and grogu Yaddo sat on the jedi council with her fellow green skinned force user but by the time of the clone wars she was no longer on the council and actually died saving a town from a toxic gas during this time period she uses the force to draw the gas around her creating a barrier to hold it in which ultimately takes her life but it shows how much power she has and how much she cares about the jedi code But it will be nice to learn more about her and yoda especially because they're about a million years younger you can go ahead and check her out on starwars.com but i do have one problem with the high republic books don't get me wrong i love the books but i don't like the fact that they are jumping back a hundred years i just got invested on what was happening in phase one and now they're pulling a george on us and going back but hopefully they will go back so i can find out what happens next okay i think it's about time that we get to brotherhood because when we left off last week it left us on a cliffhanger, with someone telling Obi-Wan to freeze. So let's see if it will continue, or is it gonna jump back to another character? We're just gonna to have to find out.
0: Anakin Skywalker. An aid mission. Anakin kept telling himself that over and over. He was supposed to be on an aid mission with the 302nd Battalion, arranging logistics with Commander Theo for distribution to an embattled mining district on the planet Langston, just outside the Augustus Nebula. Langston's mining industry produced a full gamut of materials, but the abundance of Nyx made it a coveted resource for shipyards, and it was no surprise. ...that the droid armies tried to seize it early on in the war. With devastation hitting the biggest cluster of mining towns on the northeast section of its largest continent... ...Anakin should have been thinking about maximizing efficiency. Some areas would need food. Some areas would need Bacta and first aid. Some would need shelter and infrastructure. And others simply needed help rebuilding along with defensive preparations should the Separatists strike again. So many of the tasks required mind-numbing repetition, from cataloging the cargo manifest, to reviewing drop points, to planning distribution teams based on environmental hazards lists upon lists, all to handle the endless crates of medical tools, rations, and other supplies needed for a region that suffered an early major battle of the war. Yet Anakin cursed Durban for offering to take the lead with Theo. It seemed like a selfless gesture on her part, given that several thousand supply crates required sorting into shipment groups, but now he realized that she'd tricked him because no amount of training prepared him for this. Trapped in the tunnel of light speed on a blistering path from Coruscant to Langston, Anakin stood there in front of the worst mistake of his life. Four younglings waited in front of him, an endless barrage of Master Skywalker echoing off the walls of the cargo hold. He was supposed to be on an aid mission, not trying to control the sheer unrelenting chaos of... babysitting. Hold on! I can't answer all the questions at once! This was worse than the morning at the Jedi Temple. In the Temple, a sense of decorum existed, the venue providing the familiarity of rules and guidelines. But here, on a ship with only two newly promoted Jedi Knights, and a bunch of clones not trained for helping, four younglings might as well have been sixty. A rapid-fire blend of so many voices repeatedly yelling, Master Skywalker at once! Even finding a centering rhythm within the Force seemed impossible amid the noise and tugs in so many different directions. A confusion so very different from the battlefield. The sound of a lightsaber burst past the voices, a green training blade sparking to life. No, we're not using those right now, Anakin said. I'm going to collect all the lightsabers if anyone ignites another one. Show us your lightsaber! How many battle droids have you destroyed? I bet he almost killed Count Dooku himself. Anakin wanted to bury his head in his hands and scream. All of the discipline he'd trained into himself melting away at the sheer illogical nature of younglings. Somehow they got the younger batch of younglings on this trip. All just old enough to be corralled on a cruiser. With proper supervision, of course. Except... Weren't there... five younglings? One youngling's training lightsaber lit up, leading to a push and a skirmish and yelling, all in the seconds Anakin took to scan for the other youngling, the older Zaprat girl. Stop! Anakin yelled. A lightsaber is not a toy. The youngest of the bunch, a Ferraro named... Connus Dav stood with trembling lips, tears welling up. What I mean is... Anakin said, his voice calm. This weapon is your life. You have to treat it with respect. Show us! Yeah, show us! He sighed, giving in to the fact that he wouldn't be winning any teaching awards for this lesson. Okay, look. Everyone stand in a line over there, and don't move. His lightsaber burst into full view, the shimmering blue blade longer and brighter than the younglings' training versions. It is a weapon of precision and elegance. It requires the utmost control. Now what? He was improvising about lightsabers, and he'd run out of things to say, unless he went into the wiring schematics. This really was where Durbin Wenherd would have done a much better job than him. Because she used two short shoto blades. Her training involved a unique form of lightsaber combat that emphasized dagger-like slicing and acrobatics. A demonstration that would be much more entertaining than Anakin's technique. Then, an idea popped into his head. And when you can really control it, you can do this. He passed the lightsaber from his mechanical hand to his organic one. The trick he had in mind, too risky to do, without feeling completely in sync. His hand opened up, fingers letting go, but the lightsaber remained. He took a step back, a deep connection with the Force enabling a hold on the weapon as muscle and nerves were grabbing it, and it floated in midair. "'Wow!' the younglings cried out. "'Why didn't he try this earlier?' "'Anakin dipped a finger and it twirled left, "'then another finger and it twirled right. "'It then lifted up and down, "'a colorful light in the form of the legendary weapon of the Jedi Knights. "'And he even added a somersault over the floating lightsaber "'before sucking it back into the grip of his mechanical hand.'" Then, he shut it down. That was something he could trust that hand with. The younglings applauded, raving with, Did you see? And how'd he do that? And other exclamations. That seemed to win them all over for now. Except he was still missing the Zabrak girl. He looked all around the cargo bay and between the crates and passing clones. He spied her. She'd been there all along, just sitting in the corner by herself. Younglings, he said, now I would like you to meditate on what you just saw, for, um, ten minutes. Ah, they groaned, but as a group, they collectively sat and closed their eyes. Maybe simple tricks were all that was necessary to get them to listen. If not, then Durbin would have to grab the spotlight for the next round. She owed him
1: that.
0: As quiet set in, Anakin's ability to concentrate returned for the first time since stepping in front of the younglings. But with that focus came an odd sensation, and in fact he realized that he should have recognized where the Zabrak girl was all along. Because the vacuum and the force that he'd sensed throughout the temple circled all around her. Are you all right? He said, approaching the Zabrak. She opened her eyes and the vacuum disappeared, the currents of the force resuming their normal flow. He should have remembered her name. They'd all been introduced hours earlier. But he went with honesty here, kneeling down in front of her. Hey, it's okay. You can talk to me. I'm sorry, but I've forgotten your name. Mill Alabath. Mill, I'm Anakin. Is something the matter? Hyperspace can make you nauseous the first few times, if you're new to it. It's not that, she said, shaking her head. It's something else. Mill appeared to be the Zabrak equivalent of his age when he left Tatooine. Perhaps a tiny bit older, and likely past the age of simple Force tricks being impressive. Well, Anakin said, we're gonna be here a while, so if there's something on your mind, You can tell me. Now, this was improvising. Handling younglings of any type was as foreign to Anakin as Padme's political negotiations. But he couldn't contain his instinctive urge to care. To try to help. I... Mill started. She huffed out a sigh, then looked at his eyes. You promise you won't get mad? I promise. You can count on me. Mill leaned forward, close enough that Anakin felt her breath. I don't know if I belong in the Jedi Order. Anakin took in several slow and controlled breaths, so many things flashing through his mind. qui certainty in stating, here's the Chosen One, before the Jedi Council. The peace parade on Naboo, standing proud with his newly shorn Padawan hair. Endless bickering with Obi-Wan. Padme, so many thoughts about Padme, Tatooine, the sand people, his mother. All of those things tied intrinsically with his decision to leave home and join the Order. And yet through it all, he too never felt like he quite belonged. And this was the first time anyone had ever said it. Mill's breath quickened, a tremble coming to her voice. I'm... Just kidding. Forget I said, I understand. Anakin said in a controlled, calm voice. Because he did. Tell me more, youngling. I feel the Force, she said, her hand balled into a fist. But it's overwhelming. I know the Order can do good. I know the Jedi are guardians of peace. but She turned, Anakin now facing her tight, black tail of hair. But the war, the fighting, the violence... I feel all of that through the Force. I can't explain it, but it's too much. And I don't understand why the Jedi are peacekeepers and... All of the other initiates can't wait to get their weapons. And we're in the battlefield with soldiers? Justice sometimes requires a heavy hand. But from the Jedi? I just... She turned back to Anakin. It doesn't feel right. I... the other day, I... It's okay, youngling. You're not in trouble. I appreciate your honesty. What happened yesterday? The gathering. She bit down on her lip as if she replayed the events in her mind. I was supposed to go. About the bombing at Cade on I just couldn't think about lightsabers and crystals. I don't even want my lightsaber. I just want to help others. I don't... Her eyes dropped for a second before they locked back onto his, as if her body required a confession. I don't know if I want to feel the Force. Suddenly, it all made sense. The vacuum in the Force, both yesterday and here. She wasn't in meditation. This youngling was trying to quiet the Force, possibly even cut it off. Anakin knew, he recognized it because for a very brief moment during his darkest, loneliest days, shortly after becoming a Padawan, with his peers lacking compassion for him, and Obi-Wan constantly flustered and his heart yearning for the comfort of his mother, a spike of anger shut him off from the Force. For a flash, it did the trick. It tempered his feelings, it quieted his mind, it soothed his fears. But then it was gone. Not nearly enough. Because while that avoided connection, it also pushed him further into a corner. And it was at that moment he realized that he needed to reach into the Force, rather than avoid it. Anakin looked at the other younglings still sitting in a line in meditative poses, though the occasional jabs and giggles came from them. Palpatine's words about getting the Initiates used to war replayed in his mind. In front of him, Mill turned, Anakin sensing a cloud over her, an internal shame likely for questioning the Order. Anakin also understood that part all too well. I've always felt a little out of place. My entire life. Even with the Order. You. She looked at him eyes wide. But aren't you the chosen? Don't believe everything you hear. Anakin said with a laugh, though he groaned inside. Not again. Half the time people said it to him in awe, the other half in jest. And on occasion, in condescension. Usually from Mace Windu. No matter how much he succeeded, no matter how much he proved himself, things always seemed to come to that. And not in the way Qui-Gon intended. Qui-Gon saw it as a path for Anakin. Whether or not that played out, he didn't know. But everyone else seemed to think it was a title. Like a sports champion. He shook his head, going to a better place. My mother once told me, always believe in the strength of your heart. And she was right. Whatever things people said about me, their assumptions, it doesn't matter. What you believe in your heart is your path. When I questioned the Force, even disconnected from it, that is what brought me back. That is what brought me through. Anakin took her hand with his mechanical hand. She looked at the glove, a look of shock on her face that came and went. He understood. Not everyone knew about his new limb. I know how you must be feeling. That you don't fit in or your path feels elusive. That it's difficult to master your connection with the Force. But that's part of the journey. Your journey. And you will find General Skywalker. sorry, he said to Mill before standing up. Captain Sparks patiently waited for him, helmet with bright yellow lines tucked under his arm. Yes, Sparks. Sir, Commander Theo needs you on the bridge. Apparently the intended drop zone has been damaged to the point that we won't be able to land. We'll need to find someplace new. Understood. I'll be right there. He turned to Mill, then looked at the younglings, the white-skinned Mon Calamari peeking at them with a single yellow eye. Listen. Controlling your link to the Force is something that takes time and practice. Some struggle with it more than others. But do me a favor. What's that, Master? Don't try to run away from the Force. Lean into it. Reach into it. Control it. Anakin tried his best at a reassuring smile. If I could learn to do it, so can you. She nodded, though it wasn't clear whether his words really crystallized in her. At least, not yet. As for the war, the Jedi do a lot of good for the Republic. Sometimes, aggressive negotiations are just as important as bringing medical supplies. I know that's confusing, but it's true. Both can benefit the galaxy. I understand you. I've been where you are. So be patient, and we'll talk more later. All right? Mel nodded, her features softening. Anakin emphasizing with the simple need for someone to listen. But for now... Yes, Master? If you really want to be handy... Anakin pointed at the initiates, who pretended to meditate, but really kept poking at each other. Take care of the younglings. You're the oldest. But, hey, Anakin offered a smile, something to break the heavy mood. You said you wanted
1: to help others, right? Well, I guess we're gonna have to wait to find out who told Obi-Wan to freeze. Like I said before, I don't care for the way that Mike did this book, but what can I do? I'm not saying that the book is bad by no means, I just don't like how they jump between characters in each chapter. To me it just feels like it messes up the pacing, and it leaves you wondering what's happening in the last part. But in the part we just heard, Anakin is once again feeling the weight of younglings. But now they are out in space instead of at the temple, so they are testing him a little more. I'm sorry, I guess this is where I fall to the Sith, because I would have used the force to make them sit down but Anakin folds and shows them some tricks with his saber. And then it happens. Anakin realizes he is missing a whole youngling. He really isn't the best to put some kids with. You wouldn't want to hire him to be a sitter. Call him up and he lost your kid. But eventually he finds her and realizes that she was the vacuum he felt in the force. After talking with her for a bit, he finds out that she feels the same way he did back when he first came to the temple. They talk for a bit more. Then as always, one of the clones interrupts. They have a problem that they can't solve on their own. So Anakin must go figure it out. And that's what the whole chapter boiled down to. I hope you can hear the sarcasm in my voice because I'm about to break the promise that I made three weeks ago. Because we have listened to 19 chapters and we still haven't heard any action at all. I'm talking no action whatsoever. It's starting to drive my brain crazy. I want something to blow up or someone to get shot or cut up with a lightsaber, anything. Okay, okay, let me calm down because we still got the quarter of the week to get through. So let's get to that right now. And it comes to us from Dean Grazazi. I hope I got his name right. And he said, our next level is always on the other side of an obstacle and always on the other side of a challenge. Okay, I got a story to tell you guys. When I was about 11 years old, I had to walk home from school every day. And the fastest way to get to my house was to walk through a parking lot of the church and then cut down the alley. So the first couple of days after school, that's the way I walked. Now on the third day, as I was walking down that alley, I seen a big dog just standing there. It was a brown and white boxer. I know boxers aren't that big. They are considered medium-sized dogs. But before anybody corrects me, I was about 11 years old. A Cocker Spaniel seemed big to me at this time. But anyways, he was just standing there. I saw him, he saw me, and then it happened. He barked, I ran, he chased. I was fortunate that day and I got away. But two days later, I wasn't so lucky. Same scenario, walking down the alley, he saw me, I saw him, he barked, I ran. But this time, I didn't get away. He bit me right on the right butt cheek, hard. I was able to climb up on a car, but the damage had been done. So from that day forward, I walked a long way around, which took about an extra 10 minutes. And this happened for about a month. But then there was this girl. Yes, it was a girl. It's almost always a girl that makes us men do dumb stuff. But she went to the middle school, so she had to walk down the street that crossed the alley i wanted to see her so i ran across the church parking lot and started down that alley and there he stood teeth showing and barking i had a choice to make turn and run or go see the girl that i had been thinking about all day so i just kept running right towards the dog and guess what happened i bet you thought that it was going to be a happy ending no that dang dog bit the crap out of me but the next day i brought a hot dog and when that dog came running at me i pulled the hot dog out and threw it on the ground after he was done eating it he looked up at me and went back in his yard i ran to the end of the alley and got to see her walk by life was filled with challenges and most of them challenges are because of obstacles something that we must figure out how to overcome most of the time they are hard and you want to quit or take the long way around which takes up a lot of your time But the best way to overcome a challenge or obstacle is sit down for a second and think of a solution. Or in my case, seek out wise counsel. My dad was the one that told me about the hot dog thing. But someone had to have told him. That means someone came up with the solution. And that's all you have to do to overcome an obstacle. Because every obstacle has a solution. Okay, I've been rambling for long enough. Talked about dogs, talked about yaddle, talked about a whole bunch of different stuff. So I'm going to end the episode right here. But join us next week for part 20 of Brotherhood. We hope to see you there. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Sway Cast Networks. This show was produced by Quinn McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.